Welcome to Metal Injections, the Squared Circle Pit. Today's special guest from the Atlas Pod, Stavros Giannopoulos. And now, here is your host, Rob Paspani. Squared Circle Pit is back. Thank you for returning to me. It's Rob and I guess I just can't take a vacation. It completely throws me off my squared circle pit flow. Got a ton of show for you today. This is the first show that I've done. In a, it's, been, it's been a little over a month. I do have to apologize. Like I mentioned, I went on a bit of vacation. I went to PWG's Battle of Los Angeles. It was an amazing, amazing time. And it was, it, it was nerd heaven for me. I just... I kept imagining myself as a uh, like a 13-year-old version of myself and how excited I was to be there. And if you're in southern L.A., go out of your way. Go to PWG shows. I mean, by this one, I think their October show is sold out, but they might be doing stuff in November and December. Follow them on Twitter, and when those tickets go on sale, just make sure you're on the computer like five, ten minutes before and you're logged into PayPal. Hit that refresh button. You have a good chance of getting some tickets, and it's worth doing because it is a whole lot of fun. And you never know who you're going to run into there. I went to night two and three of Battle of Los Angeles. On night two, uh, Ronda Rousey showed up, and uh, she was just hanging out like everyone else. I ran into Andy Williams of Every Time I Die. He went to night one and two. And I ran into a a previous guest here on the Squared Circle Pit. I ran into... Anise and sorry, and uh, actually, at the end of night two, I, I did a little uh, recording with Anise, uh, giving our thoughts on the night, and I'll play that after we get to our special guest this evening. Or, well, I'm recording this in the evening, so yes, it is this evening, and it's somebody that I've wanted to have on the show for a while. Somebody that a lot of people have told me uh, when they when they heard this concept of the intersection between wrestling and metal they were like oh you got to get stavros from atlas moth on he's like the biggest wrestling fan i know and uh stavros is a pretty big uh, <laughs> pretty big wrestling fan and uh, we had a really really fun conversation so let's hang out it's me and stavros right now now entering the squirt circle pit a man i've wanted to have on the show for quite a while a man that that's gotten name dropped plenty of times on the show before Stavros from the Atlas Moth. How's it going, buddy? It's going quite well, sir. I've actually heard myself name dropped <laughs> several times. So, oh yeah, oh you I'm listen afraid, to the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. Scott, Scott from uh, Neurosis is a close, close bud. So I heard him drop, drop me on there. He actually uh, dropped me and John Pettibone from Eris and Himza. That's right. Uh, and then uh, he sent us a link to it because the three of us have a pretty epic wrestling group chat message thing going on oh that's so, awesome yeah. yeah he actually just texted me before you hit me up telling me that the juice robinson kenny omega match was amazing yes, <laughs> yeah, was, I, I didn't watch it yet it was it was surprisingly good i went into it with very low expectations because of uh kenny's knee injury but he came through man he's fucking he's a machine dude uh i mean like i i always said like in the last like three four years it's like aj styles will make everybody look good and no one else can do it like him and i think omega can so it's pretty impressive yeah yeah Yeah. he hasn't really had a bad match this year omega like even 
I, I don't know if you watched the G1, but there was a lot of uh, negative feedback towards him about his match with Toriano, who had like a comedy match in this very serious wrestling tournament. I love that match. Yeah, I uh, dude, the G1 was incredible. Uh, it, to be uh, totally uh, upfront, too, it's the first G1 I really watched all the way through. Same here. Uh, I mean, it's now it's easy to actually, you know, watch it. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't have to go to the Daily Mail, you know, like, wait for it to get put up there, you know. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, like it was, uh, it you was mean Daily Motion. Like, Daily yeah. Motion, yes, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, yo, hey, I pay for my wrestling, not for much else. Right <laughs> so, I'm with you know. too, man. I got, I, especially with New, New Japan is my favorite promotion right now. Uh, how can it be, man, in all honesty? Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's the best return on investment. The time you put in versus the entertainment you get out of it is always a positive gain versus with WWE where it's hit and miss. It is, you know, and uh, I, I try to not, you know, be a hater on WWE. I mean, they Absolutely. clearly have a pedigree, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, uh, no pun intended, uh, but on. you know, like, uh, <laughs> like, you know, it's going to happen, man. You know, there's a lot of people watching it and they gotta, they gotta, you have many masters, you know? So, it is yeah, what it is. but the writing is also could be better. <laughs> oh, I mean, trust me, I've already said that. Like once uh, I can't tour anymore, that's gonna, I'm going right for creative. Gonna, you know, I, <laughs> know, I feel like team. every like I've read people like people who've la- like being like, oh, it was the best job, uh, it was the most fun I ever had, and I'm never gonna do it again. Like it's only something <laughs> you could last a year at or something like that. You know, well, unless you're hey, crazy. you know what? In my in my fifties, maybe I'll be more, you know, into like spending time at a shitty job. I don't know. And you know what? I guess you're kind of used to the traveling lifestyle. That that's the thing for me. Uh, that's kind of not that I'm applying to work for WWE, but when I've thought about like, oh, if metal detection goes under, yeah, I, hey, I, I want to work in social media WWE. Uh, but like the touring stuff is always what kind of like scares me off of it because I, I'm like a homebody. <laughs> but oh, for you, okay, it's perfect. Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's actually kind of funny is that like I've been uh, very much a big like pr- like um, I don't know what you want to call it, but I've been talking for the last few years about how there needs to be more. First of all, there's so much like like uh, crossover between the two worlds as far as like metal dudes liking wrestling and wrestlers liking metal. Granted, wrestlers liking metal is probably a little bit cheesier than I had wished it would be, but uh, you know, like I always say, there's like a giant. Um, there, there's a, a lot of, of uh, similarities between what we both do, you know, like going out there and touring or, you know, being an yeah. independent wrestler, you know, it's like, it's the same thing pretty much. Yeah, I, for sure. And like, you know, putting your body through shit. Absolutely. And I'm glad you said like the whole thesis of this podcast is to study the intersection of metal. Study is like such a fancy term. It's just to talk shit. Oh, <laughs> but the intersection know, of metal and wrestling. So yeah, man, no, I, I agree with you completely on that. Yeah, absolutely, man. I really think that there's a lot to be said. And, and like I said, I mean, like, uh, I mean, medals for, you know, guys that were nerds and dorky and so was wrestling, you know? Yeah, well, so, right, and, I, th- I honestly feel wrestling is for everyone. It's not just for the dorks. The cool kids can enjoy it, too. Yeah, <laughs> but they don't stick around to it in their 30s like us. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, it, it is an obsession for me. So, uh, like, I want to I want to <laughs> go off on so many different tangents here. So let, let's let's first off. I want to know who do you talk about in the metal scene about wrestling? You mentioned Scott Kelly, you mentioned uh, Pettibone. Yeah, Pettibone and Scott and I talk literally every day, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and it's funny because we never talk about music, which I think is like even funnier. You're just sharing like wrestling memes and and like gifts yeah, and shit. 
Yeah, like literally anytime anything pops up on Bleacher Report, it's like one of us hits each other first about it, you know, like it's the whole thing, you know, like we watch, uh, you know, we'll watch pay-per-views and fucking chat and all that shit, you know. Oh, that's um, great. Uh, the guys from Ken Mode, I don't know if they're super um, uh, up to date, you know, but they're Canadian, yeah. you know. Yeah, so, so they have like, that going for them. Yeah, it's yeah, like in it's their like, jeans. Yeah, it's like maple syrup, beer, and wrestling, you know, <laughs> like so – uh, they are obviously Bret Hart guys, which I've given them a lot of shit about. I mean, like, uh, come on, like, step it up. Be an Owen Hart guy, at least. <laughs> I'm a Michaels man myself. Oh, for, yeah. Uh, you <laughs> you know, know, I hated I hated Bret Hart growing up. I, I was like, I, I was totally a Michaels guy as well. Totally. Yeah. Uh, but I, I've definitely grown a huge appreciation for it. And, like, I loved it. my favorite Bret Hart era is 97 Bret Hart, Hart Foundation Reformation. That was him oh, at his peak. Yeah. Oh yeah, the, the pro Canadian. You know? That was the that, best writing uh, WWE ever did, I think. Uh, that, you know, so I was at WrestleMania 13, and that oh, was oh, one you're of in most, Chicago, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I've traveled for a lot of wrestling, oddly enough, but uh, I was there for that. And I'll tell you, even being a kid, that was a really weird atmosphere. In you know, like sense? in like the sense of like. Uh, so I actually went. My older brother and his best friend took me and my lifelong best friend who were like, you know, shit, 13 years apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, my brother and his friend and my my friend and myself. Right. So um, I was with a bunch of dudes that had been watching wrestling forever and me and my friend who grew up watching wrestling with them. And he was a huge Bret Hart fan, my friend. Mm-hmm. And I was a big Michaels fan. But at the time, it was like, shit, man, this Stone Cold guy is awesome. Yeah. You know? Like, I remember buying... I was probably wearing like a medium t-shirt at the time you know, and I wanted to find like an XL because that was the only Austin 316 size they had left, you know, shit like that. You know, and I remember just like the entire atmosphere was bizarre because Chicago was so into Stone Cold. Who was a bad you know, guy? He, who was a heel at the time? He was a heel. Yeah. But that was the double turn right there. Yeah. You know, and maybe the most epic of all time, if you ask me, you know, and uh, the, the, the building was like so against heart. And uh, I don't really know if that was necessarily what was supposed to happen or if it just, you know, wound up that way. No, it was, it was supposed to happen. Yeah. I mean, they, supposed to? Yeah, they've been kind of they were kind of building up Bret Hart's heel turn uh, over the last few weeks on Raw before that, too. Like, if you remember the week before WrestleMania on Raw, there was a world title steel cage match where Bret Hart faced Sid. And if Bret Hart won... The stipulation was that his match against Austin would have been the world title match at WrestleMania on Sunday. Uh. And so it was a steel cage match. So Sid is like escaping and uh, Stone Cold comes out and he's helping Bret Hart. He's like attacking Sid because for in Stone Cold. Yeah, he wants the match. So it's (laughs) like it's this bizarre thing of seeing these two arch nemeses working together because they both want the same goal. And then Undertaker came out and he's attacking Austin and Bret Hart, you know? And so I need to go back and rewatch that because it's obviously been since the time. Oh, you got to you got to watch that episode. It might be the it might be two weeks before. I mean, like, look look it up on Google first. But sure. uh, uh, the best part about it, though, is right after the match, since Bret Hart loses, uh, he loses his shit. And, yeah. and like, oh, you mean the, on the Raw? On Raw. Okay. And like, oh, okay. and like, that was kind of the planting of the seed of like his heel turn, you know, and how he talked about Michaels being like 
essentially like gay bashing Shawn Michaels. <laughs> that uh, sounds about right. 1997 uh, WWE. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like super overt, but he kind of was calling him like a pansy and, and all that stuff. Uh, and then so it kind of it kind of built into that double turn. That match is a classic. I watched it oh, recently. Absolutely, yeah. So the double turn incredible. So we were talking. You were saying Pettibone and Kelly. Those are your two wrestling guys. Those, those are my and the Kenmo dudes. dudes. And, yeah, and the Kenmo dudes. And my other main dude that I talk to pretty much, you know, every other day is uh, Adam from Skeleton Witch, the new singer. Or well, I guess he's been a singer now for a minute. Oh, I, I didn't realize he was a wrestling fan. Oh, he is deep. Actually, oddly enough, he uh, introduced me to um, this fantastic woman named Jen Hag, uh, who is the head caterer of WWE. Oh, wow. She is a huge metal fan who now takes care of all of us when WWE rolls through town. So it's like, shout out to Jen. <laughs> She's the <laughs> shit. <laughs> like, uh, I uh, wound up sitting and catering for, uh, well, I forgot what it was called, the uh, pay-per-view that was here in May where Jinder won the title. Okay. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I battle, not battleground. I don't remember. Whatever. Whichever. It was a B paper. Yeah, the in your house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in your if you will, the in your house. Yeah, like, uh, but yeah, it was awesome. I wound up meeting Nakamura. You know, that's um, you know, my profile photo on the internet. Uh, he's amazing. Ah, uh, uh, dude, it was. I got in a little trouble for that because you can't be a mark. Yeah. Back at wrestling, you know, like she gave me like this whole like you know listen you got to act appropriately it's like yo listen like i've been touring i've been backstage a lot you know <laughs> i know how to, how to deal with, with stars you would, yeah. i thought right you know but like literally it's like you can't even really let them know that you watch wrestling you know yeah. <laughs> you would say stuff to me and i'd be like yeah uh-huh like and like the mark in me is just dying an awful death <laughs> they wanted to be like yeah but that match was terrible you know like so you gotta like watch your P's and Q's back there. It's kind of weird. Uh, yeah, I, t- I totally know what you mean. Also, with the starstruck aspect of it, because I they did some press event uh, right before SummerSlam, and I, I went to a few of these, and I, oh. I, I really don't get starstruck around like metal dude. Like, you know, I got starstruck when I, I interviewed Danzig or, or like James Hetfield or whatever. But sure, yeah, like yeah. otherwise, it's like oh, regular people. But wrestlers, I'm like, whoa, it's the, like yeah. like with Nakamura too. I was like, oh my god, I've been like idolizing yeah, you I, I've lost my mind I'd help them make a cup of coffee because they like one of those like automatic espresso machines oh my goodness and I was like he walked up behind me trying to use it and I was like uh I can help Nakamura <laughs> you know like pushing buttons I'm like I got this dog you know what's up you know Kinshasa <laughs> it, was, it was totally awkward like I sat at a you have to kind of like sit at one of the tables in catering and kind of like basically it's like high school you know, like right. you walk in the first day, you're like, well, shit, who am I sitting with? You know, and the only one that I felt comfortable sitting with was, oddly enough, Arn Anderson, which was like, uh, OK. And like sitting across from him, I was just like, oh, my God, like, do I throw him the four horsemen sign or, you know, <laughs> what, what's proper etiquette back here? You know, like I was going to eat my chicken breast and look down. It's going to be fine. <laughs> That's a, so you just like sat like, hey, can I sit here? And Arn Anderson was like, sure, I'm the master cool. of the spine buster. Yeah, but to be fair, Baron Corbin is who I asked. Who was also there, but it's Baron, oh, you know. But, but it was. But you, I also, like, you know I Baron like, Corbin. Well, you, well, I mean, you know, I was like, "Hey, you like metal? I'm in a metal band. That's why I'm here." You know, like talked to him about that for a while, and I was like, "Oh, okay, cool. I'm in." You know, and then Sami Zayn sat down. I got introduced to him, and they were wrestling that night, and those two were going over their match with Arn at the table. 
And I just sat there like quietly eating my food, like being like, I cannot believe that this is, you know, my life right now. <laughs> like it was uh, a whole moment for me. <laughs> so they were working out the match right in front of you. Like they were yeah. just like going through like the beginning, middle and end. Yeah. I forgot. Like, uh, I can't exactly remember if it was like, I think Sammy was like, has anybody ever done a sunset flip out of, I want to say it had to be the end of days. Cause that would make sense in my mind. Right. It could have been the deep six, right? Uh, you know, they yeah, like, yeah, yeah. was like, whatever the answer was, I forget now. Cause I was Whichever like, one of those. Yeah. Yeah. I think, it may, I think it would make more sense to do something like that out of the, the end of days. But regardless, I was like, Oh, uh, holy shit. And then Arn was like talking about the psychology behind how, you know, the finish was going to go and shit like that. And I was like, this is fucking awesome. Oh, <laughs> you know? that like, is awesome, dude. That yeah. is that like, that is shit. Nobody gets to see exactly you know and like i was like holy shit this is amazing to be a part of this you know and like i mean i met everybody you know like except for aj and kevin owens which killed me because those are you know aj is like my main dude but uh, i met randy you know i saw charlotte who scared the shit out of me the most intimidating woman i've ever seen in my entire life oh why is that uh just she's like i mean i'm a five i'm five seven she has gotta be like six one. Oh, okay and also she's rick flair's kid you know yeah. well i mean <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So like uh, you know, it was, she's it was genetically pretty... superior to you. you absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> uh, she does everything with flair. Uh, like, uh, and uh, NXT was here the day before, so I'll, like the cool part was that all those dudes were there. And oh, when, right, right, right. And before Jen walked me to my seat, I wound up having to sit in catering, having to sit in catering uh, with all the NXT dudes and ladies watching the pay per view on a TV and I'm like, this is fucking awesome. You know, like hanging out with like uh, Tommy and or Alistair Black, whatever I call him. And, yeah. you know, authors are Paul Ellering fucking crazy. You know, it's blowing my mind. I can, uh, yeah, that like uh, you, whenever I'm in a situation like that, I just think about like what me as a 13 year old would think in that situation. Oh, like absolutely how yeah. much I would flip out. Uh, Cause I just went to PWG battle of Los Angeles I've been uh, dying to go to something like that. Uh, yeah, it was it was like my birthday weekend, so I was I gave myself quite a present. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a commitment. You got to buy that ticket long in advance. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, and like it was, you know, I, I read on forums there's like PWG anxiety, which is like when tickets huh. go on sale, like the day of, you're just stressing out, like thinking about all the ways it could go wrong that you can't get tickets. <laughs> what, did you buy your flight after? Yeah, exactly. I had to. I'm like, I did. Yeah, I, that's it. yeah like, like, you don't even know. Yeah, well, the tickets went on sale. Uh, like, I want to say like seven weeks or so before. So you had some time. It wasn't like that's it was still pretty tight, though. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's that could be an expensive plane ticket. Uh, I made it work, <laughs> and it was. Hey, trust and it was me, and, you yeah. make it work eventually here. So I'm just, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm you waiting. should do it. Yeah, no, and also if it's on like an off peak. Uh, thing or like work it around something else but yeah it was that i mean it was also labor day weekend so I, I i paid for it but it was the best experience experience wise it was priceless and like the it was like the best type of wrestling fans uh like i think maybe you you will understand what i'm trying to say here there was only one this is awesome chant the whole ah. night and like it's not like everything else was not like anything else would have garnered a this is awesome chant anywhere else but right, like, right. But like the, <laughs> the level there, I'm sure, yeah, is the, very high. Yes, <laughs> like the bar yes. is raised. And it was like the match that they saved the This Is Awesome chant for 
was in fact <laughs> awesome. It was the Keith Lee Donovan Dijak match, which got five stars for Meltzer. That was the other thing. Like Meltzer was sitting right there, and like That's so weird. Like Jerry O'Connell's tweeting about it, you know. <laughs> like, uh, well, Ronda Rousey came for the the second night, and it was like she arrived fashionably late, and it, she it was like this whole entrance, like everyone noticed when she showed up because it's a tiny fucking room. It's not like there's a back like a backstage. You have to walk through. With everyone else, you know, like everyone. Yeah, I heard like there. Jim Ross was just in the front row. I think it maybe on the last one, maybe, or maybe a couple ago. I don't know. I know uh, Stone Cold was like in a back room somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That like uh, William Regal and X Pac were there. I heard, I read, but, like backstage, like they they weren't in in sight. But right, right. That's but, crazy though to think. You know, I, I remember Jerry O'Connell was the guy tweeting about it. Because I guess he had a hard time getting in because they would like him, like, you know, like let him go in. He had to buy a ticket. You know, it's like oh, yeah, yeah, all yeah. these celebrities are showing up. They're like, yeah, no, do you have a ticket? Nope, sorry. <laughs> it's like, I think that's so rad. Yeah. Uh, there was like a photo of <coughs> Sophia Vergara there. And it's just awesome. It's like the it's all-star different. game of pro wrestling because it's all these guys from different promotions. Like, you know, Kenny Omega and Pentagon. You would never think they would fight, but in PWG, they will fight. <laughs> I, I, that's, I, I've truly gotten into the indie scene in the last like year, uh, like going to them. I never really went to them, oddly enough, considering how many are here. Yeah, you, I, you live in a big uh, I mean, city. Yeah, it's a wrestling city for sure. Uh, and like, I just never really got a, a chance to go to them, though. I mean, I've been touring for so long, you know, and like pretty much like the last couple of years, I've been home doing a record, you know, so it's like I've actually had time to go and do stuff. Uh, there's been a lot of shit I missed and I kind of like took a big break from wrestling uh, like the early 2000s till about when I started touring. Which uh, was when? Uh, I probably stopped watching wrestling around 2003. And then got back into it when? Uh, probably about 2010, I'd say, 2009. 2000. I always kind of kept tabs. Yeah. Well, it's a good time to step away though. That was definitely uh... – Totally, yeah, uh, yeah. Like I don't a, regret not watching that shit. <laughs> like, there was definitely so much shit. <laughs> so much. Yeah, as I someone who is a complete addict and has, is a completist, I, I watched all through it, and I and it was like, uh, uh, just like, why am I doing this? <laughs> you know, yeah, like, why am I committing this? Like, time? it's kind of funny because, like, I, I mentioned to you as we were talking before this about how I've recently gotten my girlfriend into it, and there was a point I forgot what it was. I think it was uh, she's a big Finn Balor fan. And she, I think it was when he got injured or something like that. And either when he came back or not, like I remember her saying like, what the fuck? Like, I don't even know if I want to watch wrestling anymore. And I'm like, ah, you are a fan. (laughs) (laughs) It's finally, you know, you've gotten to that point where you're like, yep, that's how this goes. Yeah, you figure out the patterns. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, it's just like them just pissing you off so much that you just actually think you can step away. Do you remember Uh, what the turning point in 2003 was for you? Or like what? Mostly it was going to college and moving out of my parents. And also I think my brother uh, had moved out too. And he was the one paying for pay-per-views. You I know? see. So you had no way to keep up with it and no one to watch with. Right. And there wasn't YouTube. There wasn't like all these ways to download it and watch it. You had to pay for it. And I was in college living on my own. And, you know, like, once again, like I hated John Cena. I hated Randy Orton, uh, which I'm still not huge on either of them. But, you know. Uh, Randy all right. Yeah, I mean, it was like, you know, the Stone Cold era was ending. Yeah, yeah. You could, everything was kind of changing. Like, um, you know, like, I, I just kind of like, I, there wasn't much left for me to really get into. And I couldn't really watch it regularly or keep up with it, you know? So Makes sense. Uh, it, it was hard. Yeah, you know? And then, like, when you, and I started touring, and that pretty much 
cut out, you know, a lot of stuff, you know, as far as like the, the, the time you have to spend on it. Oh, you're saying touring is another reason why you stopped watching. I thought touring was what got you back into it. Well, no, like uh, while I was touring was when I got back into it. Cause that's when, you know, you could stream things. Yeah. You know? So and, what uh, was it that got you back? It was any, it was it a specific event that got you back into it or are you just, well, the network really helped you said 2010. That was, yeah. Great. Yeah. Uh, getting, uh, that was sort of like slowly getting back into it because it was more on the internet, you know, like ah. I officially, when the network came out is when it was like, Oh, awesome. You know, like I can go back and watch all these old, all these like the old pay-per-views and all this other stuff. And then, yeah, you, you know, like I, I definitely wasn't as deep as I am again now right away when I started getting back into it. It was more like keeping tabs on it. So as soon as the network uh, came on, you, would you remember when, how you first got into wrestling? Mm. Well, uh, it's kind of hard to say. So like, uh, like um, I was I'm 34. I had to think about that for a second. Uh, so I was born in 83, like right on the, the cusp. Yeah, oh, so right on the cusp. We are both the same age as WrestleMania. Yes, we are. <laughs> um, well, actually, we're a little bit older than WrestleMania. A little bit older, but it's always the same. Well, I don't know. When's your birthday? One February. Month. February. Oh, 80. February. Okay, yeah. Mine yeah. is in September. So whatever oh. the number of WrestleMania is, is whatever my age <laughs> at that time is. Ah, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> That's easy to remember. Yeah, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah my, my brother's 13 years older than me. Um, and he was really into it. So, uh, my early, some of my earliest memories are like going to a house show in the eighties with like me and Gene was definitely announcing, uh, you know, and Hogan was there. I remember Wendy Richter and Piper. And you would go to the Rosemont horizon, I'm guessing, right? Always. Yeah. Always, man. And Which I is remember consider the best wrestling venue in the world. You know, that that's, right? that's what Stone Cold says where it's the house that Stone Cold was built. It's not only, it's so many wrestlers. Like uh, it's also because like. I think Stone Cold said, I think it was Stone Cold on his podcast, he said the reason why is because the acoustics yeah, the, <laughs> are so old. Wood ceiling, he says. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, I guess it's super loud in there, which I yeah. can tell. I've seen a ton of wrestling and, like, big concerts in there, you know. So, right, right. Uh, that's been a pretty regular haunt of mine throughout my entire life. I mean, I remember I have, like, very vague memories of WrestleMania two. Oh Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, that was did a, you go? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't really remember much. I was like, you know, I think, shit, I had to be three. So, like, your whole family was into it, or was it just your brother? It was my brother, and at the time, my sister, too, because she was, like, 11 years older than me. So she was still, you know, pretty young at that point. And, you know, I mean, rock and wrestling was a huge thing, you know? And she was big into music, and that's how she got me into music. My brother got me into wrestling. Which happened, but, yeah. when did you get into, did you get into wrestling before music? Uh, definitely, like, for, yeah, for sure. I mean, but I was also... My sister gave me like and justice for all for my fifth birthday in 88. So like Whoa. music was a pretty, uh, she took me to see them on that tour too. when I was, Whoa. yeah. So like, it's kind of like a neck and neck thing for me, you know, like, yeah. um, my brother is like super, not a metal or even a music guy though. Is um, he still into wrestling? Does he still follow? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's actually the only thing him and I can even talk about without getting into a giant fight. So like, uh, is yeah, he like a Fox news conservative? Oh, totally. Yeah, he voted for Trump. He loves God the whole nine yards, man. Uh, Does so he like John Cena? Uh, <laughs> or, or do you I, guys? Well, are you guys? I can see my brother for sure. So uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Is John Cena super into Trump and God? Oh no, uh, but I'm just saying, like, like how? What's his alignment? as a wrestling fan you know what i mean well, like does he, he like does he follow the company line is like wh- how does he 
What is he like you, in wrestling? You know, uh, I don't really, you know, so he was a, obviously a big Hogan fan because who wasn't in the mid 80s? Yeah. You know, that was like pop culture shit. And then he was a stone cold guy. So maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. I know that he never really tells me how he feels about Cena. Because I'm always, I'm like, Cena is like one of the reasons I always say I stop watching wrestling. Right. You know? But I don't think I've ever really gotten a straight answer out of him if he's into Cena or not. Well, you should, what are, who are some of his guys now? Do you know? Um, I know that he likes Braun Strowman a lot because how can't you? Yeah. The man's fucking incredible. And I actually think he's an Orton dude too. Now, which also, uh, that's the thing. Were you guys always WWE guys or did he watch NWA? <clears throat> did he? Uh, I, I was, so a lot of the stuff that, um, he was definitely always WWE for sure. Period. Pretty much my, uh, grandmother, my book, my parents were grandmother raised me quite a bit. Um, and she would buy me like VHSs from Woolsworth. If you recall that store, but it was like, of a course. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah Great yeah, candy. Was, Great candy. <laughs> I, I remember that, but I remember there being these weird bootleg looking VHS wrestling tapes that were pretty much all AWA. So, like, I would get those, like, you know, when I was with her, you know, whatever days, she'd take me to Woolsworth and buy me a VHS on AWA. So I was kind of the one for showing him that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that wasn't much of a thing for him. Um, And like I said, I think it's probably just, you know, um, accessibility, right? Because, like, WWE everywhere. Right. Especially in Chicago. Absolutely. Yeah. I was here all the time. And, you know, MTV had it on or, you know, NBC doing Saturday Night Main Event. Right, right, right. You know, all that stuff. So. He was definitely that. And then I remember during the Monday Night Wars, like we had direct TV and we'd be switching back and forth, but it was always Raw first. Well, Raw was the better show, honestly. Like, even I remember, even I vividly remember always rooting for WWF. Like, WCW, there was a time, there was a very, very small window where WCW was so cool. Which right. was right as was the like NWO was months. forming. Yeah. And <laughs> no, then, I yeah. Like, I think it was like years. It wasn't. No, no, no. It was no. like six months and that shit jumped the shark. Yeah. By January, it was like the same shit and like nothing was happening. And it's like the eventually what, what ended up happening with WCW is all the cool stuff was in the middle of the card. All the. All yeah. The, the Chris Benoit the, and then Eddie yeah. Guerrero. Yeah. All that. Like, like the, the thing WCW actually had on WWF was. Their wrestling was awesome, except for the yeah. main event. Whereas in WWF, it was the opposite. All the mid card wrestling was terrible, and the main event <laughs> wrestling was awesome. But you know, the, the I always thought the the mid card was always more entertaining. Like you know, whatever you want, like Val Venus or something like that. Well, was, it had to be. It was like smoke and mirrors, you know, to cover was, up that they're all shitty wrestlers. Like, I, and I didn't realize that until going back with the network and watching some of the stuff that I looked on so finally, and I was like, oh, this is. <laughs> I've, I've actually recently gone back now with the network and gone like, oh, well, you know, the Attitude Era, that was the best era, you know? And I've gone back and watched a lot of it. I'm like, wow, some of this is terrible. Like, yeah. I mean, there was some real bad shit at Well, like, time. when it, it was it was still a transition period, too. You got to figure. It was, like, three years removed from, like, the shitty mid-'90s <laughs> dark That's era. So, like, they were still learning. <laughs> and, know, like, but, but, like, when it was good, it was great. Like, all the Austin stuff was great. Oh yeah, that's the shit that kept me and kept him and me and my brother just constantly watching was Austin. Yeah. And the that, same here. And and like how it started with the Hart Foundation and Shawn Michaels and when they left, like Austin Rock and uh Mankind was my favorite at the time. I loved McFoley yeah. and Cactus. Yeah, you gotta love McFoley. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, you know. And then uh so definitely they kept it going. Uh, did you watch ECW at all? Did you ever get into no. I didn't until much, much later. And once again, you know, I, I totally put that down as like a, 
accessibility kind of thing. Yeah, you know, of course. You know, I mean, I probably would have. You know, yeah. but I just, you know, it was just hard to get to, it was, to find it. Was, it. Yeah, I mean, it totally fit a metalhead sensibility. You know, you like in that side of yeah. it, you would connect. With Absolutely. It, um, yeah, yeah, and I've, I've gone back and looked. I've watched a lot of it. You know. Yeah, it uh, still holds up. Like I would as a weekly television show. Like I went back. To the era that like I remember fondly and unlike with the but some <coughs> of the wrestling is terrible sure. <laughs> it's yeah, certainly I mean, terrible it's certainly garbage wrestling but there's a lot of great storyline stuff look you know it's funny that you say that because I think so many people fondly look back at whatever the attitude era or you know um the rock and wrestling era or whatever era is their oh, favorite rock and wrestling era. was just all awful wrestling <laughs> well, that's what i'm saying it's yeah. like everyone like looks back at these things like with like nostalgic eyes you know the but, only like, good wrestling is like today. yeah like the like, good wrestling in the 89 90 was wcw wait were, were you saying like now it's also the same that the wrestling it's was? the same it's, it's pretty much the same thing there's just as much bad as there is good I, don't, I feel know? like there's way more good though now. Like all there, everyone's a better. Most of the people are better wrestlers in WWE. Oh, I will absolutely say that. I mean, yeah, but the work rate is better. Garbage storylines still. Yeah, the it's it's flipped now. Now the stories are really bad, and the consistency <laughs> and the yeah, character yeah, I mean, development. There's some shit with WWE that just blows my mind nowadays, you know. But then again, like I don't necessarily think it's any worse or better than it ever was, you know. Like I still find it enjoy enjoyable, you know. Yeah. And, and now I think I'm maybe almost uh, too versed in it where, like, I can see why it's happening so I can, like, let a lot go. Sure. You know? Yeah, I'm like you know? that, too. Yeah, you got to be reasonable. Well, I think with a lot of uh, wrestling fans, uh, they are unreasonable in that they – here, New York City in the background here. Oh, yeah, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the uh, The thing about wrestling fans is – they don't understand like, you know, the bureaucracy and like how these are like human beings and like or totally. or like contract negotiations like uh, and they build up these expectations of their fantasy booking. And when their fantasy booking doesn't happen, they just like, oh, this person didn't show up. And like, well, they never guaranteed this person was even signed, you know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> so you how know, could or... you say it sucked that that didn't happen? Yeah, yeah. You know, and like I, the whole like. Everyone, uh, obviously, the big thing right now is the universal title picture is so fucking whack. Um, and, like, dude, it's like, dude, Finn Balor probably fucked that up quite a bit. You know? With like, the shoulder. Just, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. I mean, come on. You know, he held it for, like, not even 24 hours. You know? And, like, you can't tell me that if they didn't – and everyone's, you know, oh, they're killing Finn or something like that. You know? It's like, dude, the dude got injured, and he pretty much ruined every plan. Well, it's not you his know, fault. Like, well, it's not his fault, but like we can't sit there and not say that they but weren't. I think, but at this point, at this, you think it's still affected? Like at this point, it's so far down the line now. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Notice, that they have, they have to book so far in advance, and you know, like what are they going to do? The guy's out. They have, you know, that. Was, but I don't think they book. Oh, I think they book day by day. They, I think, they, I think it's some noticeable. Of the are day by day. But I mean, the fact that we know a WrestleMania's main event is already, and I knew that in April. Yeah, yeah. Well, they set loose goals, but I feel like the problem is they don't they don't book short term, long term. They don't book for a month down the line or two, three no. months down the line, you know, or yeah. like have something ready to go after. Uh, but I don't want to be too negative. This is a positive podcast, so no, wait, I listen, want to know. I'm still watching every week. Yeah, yeah. Same here. Same. People here. ask me to go out on Monday nights. I'm like, yeah, after ten. 
<laughs> between seven and ten is my my special yeah, time. Yes. You know, like give me a I, I watch it on delay so I could uh, pick and choose and fast forward a little bit. Three hours. Oh is yeah. Too much. Uh, to, to be fair, I usually start about seven forty-five, so I can yeah. just fast forward through most of the two hundred five live stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> that, that's usually my plan, at least. Uh, so how how did you get into New Japan? Just when they started the New Japan World, or like friends were telling you about it? But pretty much, yeah. It was, that was actually kind of like um, a good another like. Uh, push in the direction of me actually becoming a huge fan again was people were telling me how good New Japan was and the whole like you know Prince Devitt stuff was coming Ooh. up and AJ over there and all that shit and you know just the internet it was available yeah same you here know? it was it was uh, like Reddit that got me into New Japan just yeah, Reddit was a thing for yeah. sure you know like you find stuff you know like, yeah. I mean that's how I got into and NWA. Ring of Honor yeah Ring of how you got into NWA mm. As a kid, just like there would be, you know, videos at Blockbuster, you know, oh, and oh, like, yeah, yeah. there's wrestling. No, cool. You know, yeah. like other wrestling. Yeah. I, as a kid, you would just watch all wrestling. <laughs> you yeah, wouldn't yeah, be I discriminatory. Had a, I had a subscription to PWI and oh, that was a whole thing too. Cause that was, you know, all kayfabe and also it had all these other wrestlers I didn't know about, mm-hmm. you know? So that was always a huge Ric Flair guy. Yeah. So like. I was huge on him, and then when he came to WWF at the time, it was like, oh, thankfully, you know, Ric Flair, yeah. finally, I don't have to watch the other shitty WCW thing. Uh, you know, it was WCW a WCW was, if you go back, I still, like, okay, they had some shitty storylines, but wrestling-wise, there was some great shit on there. Sting and the Steiner Brothers. Yo, but there was also Lex Luger. Yeah, but Lex Luger, was also when, it was, when Lex and... Luger was teamed with Sting, it was good, though. That was he, now, there, here's the thing. Is there I was Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat. Hated I always Sting. hated Sting. Oh, no. Sting. Why? Because he wasn't Hulk Hogan? He's just a dork. I don't know. He tried to be everybody else, I thought, at the time when I was a kid. You know, I like, see. You know, that kind of thing. You know, he always he wooed. And it's like, dude, you're not Ric Flair. <laughs> Come on, man. You know, and like he looked like a, you know, like a beach bum fucking Ultimate Warrior who I hated Ultimate Warrior. Um, yeah. So, you know. Never I was really very couldn't. upset about WrestleMania 6. I actually watched WrestleMania 6 uh, in my elementary school, in, my, in the auditorium. Uh, the entire school got to, got to watch. Are you serious? Yeah. A, dude, so WrestleMania 6 is a huge part of my life. You have no idea. This is the whole thing. I started – I brought this up when we were uh, setting this up, but it's a, it's a, whole, it's a whole thing. So, like, uh, back then, right, you could, like – call a number as a kid like whatever 1-800-WrestleMania to buy tickets and Mm -hmm. uh you know it was the late 80s early 90s and you could be like hey my mom said I can my my parents were very much uh into making me a a, you know independent individual when I was very young so if I wanted something and you know they had to order it through mail order over the phone they would make me do it you know and back then you could hand the phone over and mom could go yes he can do this and hand the phone back you know and it was cool Right. So, right, right. you know, I'm sitting there watching whatever, like superstars and, you know, buy WrestleMania tickets for WrestleMania six, Hulk Hogan versus Warrior. Call this number. So, you know, like probably scribbled in a crayon the number. And I remember running into the kitchen and asked my mom if we can go to WrestleMania. And she said, yeah, sure. You have to call and order the tickets, though, you know, and I'm like, all right, cool. So like put on the phone. She asked if she could talk to my mom. Lady on the phone talked to my mom. Mom said it was cool. I did the whole order. I bought three tickets for my parents and myself. To go to WrestleMania. Like six weeks later, it happens. They show up at the door and they're in Toronto, Canada. (laughs) And my mom loses her mind because I just spent, you know, God knows how much money on 
wrestling tickets for a Toronto, Canada WrestleMania. Uh, and I luckily, like that she didn't ask beforehand, where are we going? <laughs> I learned very early on that if she didn't ask, then I wasn't going to tell. You know, <laughs> she didn't need to know it was in Canada. You know, she just needed to know that we were going to WrestleMania. <laughs> so like, we uh, we got these tickets. And luckily, um, half of my family from Greece lives in Toronto. So we drove up to Toronto and went to WrestleMania as a Hulk Hogan fan. Hulk Hogan loses, and I cried the entire drive home from Toronto, Canada, Chicago. And my mom was just losing her mind, you know. So she was like, if you don't stop crying, you're never going to be able to go to Canada again. You know, and at the time, you know, but I, like, didn't give a shit. I was like, I don't care. You know, like, I hate the Ultimate Warrior. I, I feel, dude, home. I feel, I, I, I can't say I cried on a car ride home, but I felt, I refused to believe it. I, I didn't believe it. Like when I, I watched it, I was like, no, this, this tape is wrong. This is right. Yeah, it, was, it was the worst. Well, I did. And I got back to school on, you know, whatever, you know, like probably a couple of days after that. And it was like, you know, all my friends were like, oh, Ultimate Warrior's the best. Hulk Hogan sucks. You know, and I was just like, it was terrible, you know. <laughs> and <laughs> so I didn't actually ever go back to Canada until we started touring. Mm-hmm. And we were the first time we played Canada, we were on tour with Harvey Milk and Coles. And uh, I literally did get into Toronto, and I called my mom, uh, and I was like, hey, guess where I'm at? Uh, Toronto. You know, I got to go back. You know, like, <laughs> talking with my mom, and she was laughing about it. And we were on stage, and, you know, it was like our first record, and uh, it was like our you know, second tour on the record. It was like no one really gave a fuck about us, you know. And I remember, like, didn't, I didn't say anything to my band about this ever, you know. And middle of the set, like, after a couple of songs, we're tuning, and, I'm like, hey, you know, I've been to Toronto before. <laughs> I was here for WrestleMania 6, you know. Like, uh, everybody at, that was standing at that bar that wasn't paying attention to us just all of a sudden turned and looked at me. And I'm like, oh, like, I nailed it. These people are going to listen to this story. So I told them this entire story. And at the end of it, I was like, and then I called my mom. And I told her I'm in Toronto having a great time. You know, like. Oh, <laughs> I put up the like, crowd. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, uh, two weeks later, we wound up in, South, uh, what's it called? South by Southwest in Austin. And uh, we were playing the Profound Lore Showcase because they needed a band. We weren't even on Profound Lore yet. And um, Chris from Profound Lore came up to me. We had never even talked to him before. And he goes, hey, man. You know, uh, I was going to come out to your show in Toronto because I wanted to see you guys, but I heard that, you know, you guys were playing my show down here, so I figured I'd wait. But uh, a bunch of my buddies went and said you were at WrestleMania 6. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, dude, totally. And that literally was how me and Chris became friends, and eventually he signed us, which I thought was amazing. That so is he, amazing. So when the record came out, he came to Chicago to see us here, and I made him – I was on the phone with my mom when he was with me, and I was like, hey, hold on a second. And I was like, dude, tell my mom – the reason that you signed my band. <laughs> it's because you took it to WrestleMania 6, Mrs. Dreadopolis. I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. Full circle. <laughs> I got a record deal over going to WrestleMania. Incredible. <laughs> uh, and you said, now, uh, you are you are still cool with Hulk Hogan. For me, I have grown to really hate Hulk Hogan. It started when I was a teenager, when I would read about how he refused to do jobs to anybody, <laughs> except for right, eventually, yeah. except for eventually right. Goldberg and how he... Uh, you know, would uh, pose his influence on the careers of uh, the likes of Bret Hart, coming to WWE, and then all, his scum- all like, and then all, all of his post post WWE scumbaggery with his reality show with uh, his kid uh, getting into that accident, and 
then the Gawker situation and what he said. Then the final straw was, of course, what he said on those leaked tapes, uh, which Gawker had nothing to do with the, the tape. That, <laughs> the, the tape specifically that offended me, <laughs> uh, where he so dropped those end bombs. I can't defend the man. Right. <laughs> you know, like there's absolutely no defending him, and I don't, uh, you know, uh, back anything he has said, especially on those tapes. And obviously, when you bring up him burying careers, it makes it even harder. Um, but uh, being a little kid in the '80s, you know, the man was like a fucking god to me, for sure. And I want to, I want to include this caveat. I, I don't know if Hulk Hogan, like if I'm walking somewhere and Hulk Hogan isn't like the same room as me, if I wouldn't mark out. I can't say I wouldn't do that. I, he is Hulk Hogan. Man. Yeah. You know, like, um, so the one, the thing that always goes back to me with it is I, I've actually, uh, there was a, a conversation between me and Scott from Neurosis and, and Johnny from HIMSA mm-hmm. about this because they're super anti-Hogan. And I had to tell them, I'm like, yo, so here's the deal. Like, so I, I have spina bifida. So, um, mm-hmm. when I was a kid, I was in and out of the hospital. I was really sick. And like Hulk Hogan was like my hero, you know, like absolutely. He was the person I looked up to and I wound up meeting him when I was about five. Um, and my mom was with me and she kind of gave him like a whole rundown of, you know, how sick I am and how much I look up to him or whatever. And Hogan went out of his way to be super amazing to me. And it was like meeting Superman, dude. You know, so like, what happened? Like, what, he, you know, he was just telling me, you know, they eat my, or you know, where, 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 where was this that he, that he met you? Um, so my mom worked at a racetrack, and she knew guys that were in whatever the entertainment business, and wanted to meet him outside a gym. You like, met him outside of a gym. Yeah, yeah. It was a guy that uh, had a lot of wrestlers when he were in town. Wrestlers would work out at the gym. Uh-huh. And he knew my mom. He knew that I was a huge Hulk Hogan fan, yada, yada, yada. Basically, he knew Hogan because every time uh, they wrestled here, he'd work out at the gym. Right. So and and also, it's like Chicago. So, that, you know, it's totally. not like so, it's the middle of nowhere. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, basically, she had set it up that we could go out to the gym when he was there and he would make sure he was there to talk to me. Right, right, right. And, you know, being a little kid being in and out of the hospital, telling me I have to like, you know, take care of myself and things might not be easy, yada, yada, yada. And then having Hulk Hogan sit there and be like, Hey, you know, say your prayers, eat your vitamins, blah, blah, blah. Gave me the whole Hogan spiel, you yeah. know, as a little sick kid. That was, that was a pretty big moment, man. You know, like, and so you're uh, saying like Hogan, like motivated you to uh, like take care of yourself because, exactly, because he said exactly. it, it stuck with you. Yeah, dude. I mean, I was five, you know? It yeah, was, no, <laughs> I, I believe I can, I imagine, you know, I understand it. I empathize for sure. That's, yeah. I, I, I can only imagine as a five-year-old what uh, an incredible life-changing moment that was. It, it truly was, man. I mean, it, I mean, people can uh, say it's cheesy if they want, but it really was. I mean, you're five, like, you know, Superman and Hulk Hogan are real. Yeah, and this oh, is where he's the team. world champion. He just beat Macho yeah. Man. He's on top Dude. of the world. Yeah, exactly. You know, like he was my he was my absolute hero. What did you say? Do you remember what you said to him when you oh. met him? I have no clue. I was probably freaking out, you know. <laughs> like, uh, is there I, a I, photo I, of this meeting? Uh, there isn't. Okay. There is not a photo. I have an eight by ten glossy autograph, but other than that, that's all I got. So you're but, saying uh, because of that moment, you you it's hard for you to say bad things about Hulk Hogan, which I <laughs> I, I can understand. Now, was I very upset when he uh, went heel? Absolutely. Do I look back at that as being awesome? Yes. yes. But. I always will have a soft spot for the Hulkster, you know? Fair uh, enough. 
you know, and, and, you know, shit, man, everyone deserves a second chance. You know, <laughs> I mean, people say bad things all the time, you know, uh, and the and way I, he said it, though, I know, <laughs> oh. I know. I, I can't even, it's, if you people. like, I mean, yeah, it's not like he was, you know, forced to say it was like, he, he was, it's not like he was provoked. Not that that makes excuses it, but like just out of nowhere and with such <laughs> hostility, I don't know. It was just weird. It's, 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 it's bad. Weird. Yeah. It's and, bad. and like the no. way he half apologized too kind of made it worse. But, but whatever. Whatever. We don't have yeah. to we don't have you, to harp on it. There's really no way for us to get out of that out of this yeah. conversation in a in a positive light for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. But but I have to say that I am a I, I can't say I wouldn't be honored to meet him again as an as an adult, you know, like yeah. uh he definitely brought me a lot of happiness, you know, and and you know uh, sometimes you kind of separating the person from the character might help in this regard too, you know. So so you're a fan of the character, absolutely. No. You know, like I said, it was it was the '80s. It was right. a huge thing, man. Yeah, no, and I mean, I, 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 that was very cool of him to even take the time to talk to you, and yeah, I'm sure and he's like, he's done that a lot oh, throughout his life. Totally, yeah, you know, and 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 that it was it was it was huge for me. Yeah. You know, so so I have to hold on to that as a as a big moment, you know. But well, we should wrap it up, but I want to ask you who are your guys right now all over the right, world? Right now it, it's gotta be Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. It's gotta be AJ Styles, uh Nakamura, uh and Braun Strowman, man. Mm-hmm. So do you watch WWE New Japan? Do you watch Lucha Underground? Oh yeah, so Pentagon Junior for sure. Mm-hmm. Huge on Pentagon. Yeah, I love Lucha. I have tickets for Ring of Honor. I don't watch it regularly, though. You don't really need to. <laughs> yeah, so it's, that's kind of the thing, you know. It's, it's really, like, I don't know what's going on there either. You know, you talk about the writing in WWE. There's no writing in Ring of Honor. There's no, <clears> I mean, isn't it kind of hard to write with the indies, especially if they're not all the same guys are there, you know? They like, have a pretty consistent route. They have a weekly TV show, but you never hear about it because it's unnecessary. You know, like nothing happens on it. I wish I could watch something regularly. You know, even like... So, I mean, before we go here, like, you know, the New Japan World thing is great. Yeah. But, like, that website is a fucking nightmare. They have a – if you have a Amazon Fire, they have an app now for that. But I agree. It's terrible. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I have two Rokus. Like, they really need to get that Roku yeah, app. Get on, get on the like, Roku. Make yeah. my life easier here, dude. It can't be that hard. But New <laughs> Japan is my favorite promotion right now. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I I've been I, watching it so religiously lately. Uh, the new, I never watched the G1. I would only watch like a match or two, and then I would just get into more of the characters, and now I'm like hooked. Yeah, you know, I mean, like I, I am as well. Unfortunately, I like it's super easy to watch WWE, so I go for that immediately. Yeah. But, like, you know, I have a lot of time where I sit around, you know, whatever, doing housework or just hanging out by myself, and I do watch New Japan when that, like, in those times, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. there's only so yeah, they they don't do too many shows, you know, and it's usually on the weekend, so that's nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's also at three a.m. You know? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, I'll watch it like the next morning. I, I never watch it live. I, I wake. It's like a good morning. Like I make breakfast and I watch it. Yeah, see, like that's, that's kind of where I'm at. It's like, oh no, three days later, I'm going to watch this. I probably have already been spoiled, you know. Like, uh, I, I don't like, necessarily think that they have the best. Um, uh, I don't think they they take care of their performers very well. Oh really? But that well, I mean, if they let Shibata wrestle again, I hope they don't. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but I think they will, which is fucked up. That was a very sad story too, with his giving a oh. headbutt and then awful. Fucking, yeah, yeah, terrible. You know, but like you know, like that that kind of stuff like sticks too. with me 
a little bit, you know, yeah. it's like, oh, that's kind of fucked up. I don't know. But they're a great promotion. We'll agree. Yeah. I, well, here's the thing with wrestling. If you watch wrestling, there's always a little bit of corruption there. No oh, matter yeah. what. In every Ring of Honor, it's owned by Sinclair, like one of these, which is the crazy right wing uh, broadcasting network. Like it's it it's further to the right than Fox News. So See, like, I had, I had no idea about that. So yeah, dude, it's so that, that added a little bit of a weirdness to it. You know? Yeah, but, yeah there I mean, was Ring of Honor it's is very, not uh, it's innocent very... by any means from the past, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that's <laughs> so different. Might be a step up. From different owner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good point. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a whole uh, thing, you know. Look up Rob Feinstein, uh, Square Circle Pit <laughs> fans. Yeah. Uh, or don't. Or don't. Yeah, I guess <laughs> yeah. that might, might, might get in some trouble. Uh, dude, this has been awesome talking. I feel like we could do a whole other podcast. Maybe next time we you can convince Scott and Pettibone and we could do a fatal four-way. Uh, yo, uh, I will definitely talk to them about that. And you know what? Uh, well, without giving away too many details, I will be in New York in February with Scott. Okay. So there you go. Maybe uh, maybe we can figure something out. Yeah. Uh, I'll message you something about that. I got an idea. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, dude. Uh, thank you so much. We haven't talked about your music at all, which is well, how hey, I like it here. That but, happens. Feel free. Feel free to uh, any plug. Any plugs? Of course, the Atlas Moth is the band. Yeah, that's lo- the band. Uh, lovely. February ninth, our new record comes out. That's right. Uh, prosthetic Records. It's called Coma Noir. Um, it's fucking amazing. Awesome. <laughs> Very excited about it myself. I I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, well, we can talk. We can talk after we get off of Skype. <laughs> maybe, we work, maybe we work something out. <laughs> awesome, dude. Well, awesome. Stavros, thank you so much, dude. This has been great. Hey, a, a pleasure is all mine, my friend. Thank you for having me. Awesome time hanging out with Stavros. He will absolutely be back on the Squared Circle Pit. We were brainstorming some ideas for how to get him and Scott uh, back on the show. And thank you, as always, for tuning in. I'd love to hear your feedback. Love to hear who you would like to have on the show. You can tweet Squared Circle Pit, no E in circle, or Facebook.com slash Squared Circle Pit. That's a website where you could follow us. I retweet GIFs. I post uh, videos on the Facebook. Lots of fun wrestling stuff. Uh, that I've been keeping updated even though I haven't been posting new episodes. So absolutely check that out. As promised, I do have a little bit of audio. Uh, I was planning on doing much more audio at PWG. I went and thinking like, oh, I'll get some interviews with the wrestlers and this and that. And, you know, I was just, I ended up having such a good time. I I, I didn't do much recording. And that's my bad. But, you know, I I was on vacation. But I did manage... To get a moment or two with Anise and Sorry. And for all of you PWG diehards, I leave you with this one minute or so of me and Anise talking about night two of PWG Battle of Los Angeles. Anise's matches of the night. I mean, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm actually going to cut cut that out. Not matches of the night. Here, here, here are just some Moments of my highlights. Highlight. Here are my guys of the night. Here are some of my guys. Matt Riddle really showing off. Matt Riddle, my pick to win the whole thing. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. He's the most shredded guy in the business. He was just glistening in the heat. <laughs> Big Mike, Lucha more Mike. Than Ricochet? I mean, I think he's more shredded than Ricochet. If Ricochet wants to talk to me about it, like <laughs> they can have an ab contest or a push-up contest like Triple H and Scott Steiner did. Uh, and 
Phoenix. I mean, obviously in the main event, like Kenny Omega, great. The Bucks, great. But let me tell you about my man Phoenix. Dude, seriously, walking the ropes, flying. Phoenix is tight. Flamita's tight. And then I gotta throw it out for Big Walter. Dude, Walter is so tight. Yeah. He has a jacket that looks like Full Metal Alchemist. He has cool Jaws music. He's massive. Uh, Walter is so cool. I love Walter. Dude, I think Walter and Keith Lee loosened the ring for that main event. Like, Phoenix couldn't even yeah, do as yeah. many high they're spots. Yeah, they're too big. They're too big. They fucking... They're they really big. needed to reinforce the ring. Like, Gorilla, I was thinking Gorilla Monsoon about reinforcing the ring for those two monsters. And uh, also just shout out to Travis Banks, New Zealand. Uh, my family... Uh, got a lot of family in New Zealand. I got a connection to all my New Zealand wrestlers. So just shout out to Travis Banks and all my Kiwis out there. You know, all your Kiwi metal fans out there. I don't know... What the metal scenes like down there? I just, you know, when I go down there, I normally just go to my aunt's house, hang out there. Not a lot of metal going on, but uh, yeah, Travis Banks is tight. Those there are my go. guys. Those are my guys.